Bam. Bam. We need theme music. Take it away, Javier. Uh, oh, beautiful. Welcome to Pontification <laughs> Station. Or at least that's what it's called at this moment in time. And the reason it is called pontification is because we are going to pontificate about different things. Yes. Whether we know the answer or not, we're still going to talk about it. We're uh, going to think, you know? Yeah. Take ourselves out of our comfort zone, if you will. I don't even oh, have a favorite. comfort zone. What was that? My favorite thing to do. Yeah. I, right? Yeah. I like your fuzzy mic. It looks like you're talking into like a hedgehog over there. Yeah, that's why it hasn't been a good Sonic game in a while. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening on the podcast, we are on GOTE.TV or Twitch. Heck yeah. Channel Gamers on the Edge. That's who we are. So Pontification Station is brought to you by Gamers on the Edge. Gamers on the Edge. The Edge is where the action the takes edge. place. And that's who we are. We're a group of gamers who like to get involved in the... In the community, making a difference in the community. Oh, Why wait. Is that open? We have the door open? Yeah. Laurita? I don't know. Anyway. <gasps> oh, do we have coffee? Oh! Coffee. How about that? That's how you start a podcast right there. My wife is walking in with coffee. What a darling. Because she's the best. Look at that. Make sure you stir. Stir. The stirs are one piece. Thank you, honey. For those of you who don't know, that is my wife, oh my. Lori. She keeps us from, um, I'll just say from going completely off the deep end. Because um, yeah. I have crazy ideas, and Javier doesn't help. Because a lot of times he's like, ooh, that sounds good. And then Lori comes in and goes, hmm. I think, I've, I think I'm pretty good at telling you bad ideas. Like, which which ideas are bad ideas? Yeah, but it's not so much the bad idea as opposed to like, how are we ever gonna pull that off? Oh yeah, because I I I have a problem with like, yeah, that's a great idea. I don't know how we're gonna do it, but that's a great idea. Yeah, so yeah. let's do it. But we have like no feasible way to pull it off. Yeah, Lori will come in and be like, "You guys know you need a a permit for that, right?" And it's like, Only if they catch sure, us. Sure, go for it, honey. Find it for us and 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 make it happen. So she does. She makes things happen. So anyway, so today we're going to state three facts. Three facts. Um, three. Three. A first one, a second, and a third one. And then we're going to go from there and see what happens. Yeah. Um, Javier, I'm going to have you go first. You're going to have me go first? Yeah, yeah, so that we can uh, we can split it up. I'm going to have you go first. and uh, You know what? I'll go first. Why not? Sure, why not? You ready? What a murder. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've never done this before, so that's right. This is what we're doing. No rehearsal. No rehearsal. This is the dress rehearsal, which, trust me, it is a good thing that we're dressed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Diamonds are made under pressure, baby. Let's do this. So my fact for today and this week is Al Michaels who was a football commentator, was traded for Oswell the Lucky Rabbit. Which, I can't imagine that whole conversation going down as Al Michaels, super famous, Sunday night football broadcaster, gets traded for a cartoon character. Um, (laughs) And the basics of it, what what happened was... um, For those of you who don't know, Oswald the Rabbit was actually Walt Disney's first creation uh, before he made Mickey. Unfortunately for him, he made it in 1927 when he was working for Universal Pictures. So Universal Pictures kept the rights to him. Uh, Al Michaels was a broadcaster for Sunday Night Football. Here's the thing. Uh, at the time, ESPN was doing Sunday Night Football from 1987 all the way to 2005. So ESPN, a.k.a. ABC, a.k.a. Disney, had the rights to Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. In 2006, CBS gets the rights to Sunday Night Football. 
And Al Michaels, who's been doing Sunday Night Football for ESPN, is like, well, I want to go to CBS. I want to continue doing Sunday Night Football. At which time CBS is trying to figure out how they're going to get him over because he's got a good following. And this is where uh, Oswald the Rabbit comes into play because at this point, Disney, a.k.a. ESPN, a.k.a. ABC, says, we will give you... Al Michaels so he can continue to do Sunday Night Football and we get Oswald the Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Now, it's kind of weird that, that the whole Oswald the Rabbit thing took so long, but I guess the the main thing of it was, for those of you who remember, the game Epic Mickey was going to be coming out uh, for the Wii and they wanted Oswald the Rabbit to be the antagonist for lack of a better word because I, I guess in a way he was the villain because he was mad and jealous at Mickey and, and the whole thing yeah go ahead so uh, if I remember correctly um, I can't remember if um, Oswald was in the first game or not I know yeah, he Oswald, was in the first one yeah so um, in in the first game he was um, he was the antagonist right. until the end in the second game, he was actually a playable character, and I'm not gonna lie, the second game was actually pretty fun. It, it wasn't the best game in the world, but like it was, it was a solid game with solid mechanics, especially Definitely for a uh, like a Disney. A lot of the Disney games like that just aren't. Well, aren't let great. alone, let alone a Wii game too. Oh yeah, like, no. Uh, like, uh, like, and, and by what I mean by that, like of its time, because at that time, that's when Wii was really getting milked by peripherals and all the yeah. you know, other kind of shovelware games. And speaking of peripherals, I mean that was the very first game that actually got me to use the the Wii Motion Plus remote with that brush attachment. Right? Yeah, because you had mm-hmm. the whole brush thing and you were painting things. So prior to that game, I had not messed at all with with a Motion the, Plus. The best thing that happened to that game, in my opinion, was it moving to the Xbox. <laughs> like, it no, give it to more people. It was better, uh, better controls, just a better overall feel. You didn't have to worry about um, the motion aspects. And while while the Wii had good, uh, like, it worked, the motion controls, but a lot of times it was just really janky. Um, so it, it just kind of polished a lot of the, the problems that it had on the Wii. Yeah. <laughs> The motion control was such a weird thing, too. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. It was really funny because at the time I was working with a friend of mine who is a physical therapist. And I would go, you know, to this nursing home and kind of help out every once in a while. And it was bowling. I mean, it was like the nursing home people were just... Wee bowling I, was the thing. I remember playing Wee bowling thing. with them. I like. I, I actually remember going all the way out to Zephyr Hills and playing Wii Bowling with a bunch of 80-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. Have you, have you went into the nursing home teach, yeah. teach the older people how to how to do the Wii Bowling with the motion control? There was no control. mercy. There was no mercy, no. even as a young child. Just No, to my understanding, that's a mandatory game in almost every kind of nursing home. Yeah. Of course. Well, I mean, you... it, 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 video games in and of themselves improve um, your, your cognitive functions. Uh, it's oh, been absolutely. shown in um, in multiple studies, but the addition of the uh, of being able to keep up with your motor functions and like actually like continuing to practice um, moving at an older age where your brain is slowing down it just helps. Oh no, absolutely, because you autopilot at that point yeah. and uh, mixing it up does that. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, props to Nintendo for actually taking a little bit of time to make sure that they had Epic Mickey done right. Because, like I said, you know, the transition from ESPN to CBS um, Sunday Night Football was in 2006. The game didn't come out until 2010. So so they obviously had been talking about this, I think, as early from the research that I could find. And listen... You guys are more than welcome to to research, check, and comment down at the the bottom. Um, But from the research I could find, it looks like they were actually talking about this back in 2004. Uh, Then they couldn't figure out how to get Oswald 
And then in 2000, that transition from 2005 to 2006, yeah. when all of a sudden Al Michaels wanted to go to CBS, they're like, aha, this is the perfect time for us to get Oswald the Rabbit. Although I can see Michael <laughs> calling his wife and going, honey, I got traded for, for a cartoon character. A dead cartoon character yeah. for that, too, because nobody had even seen Oswald the Rabbit uh, in forever now Speaking, he actually shows so, up at the park but how many actual oswald the lucky rabbit cartoons do you think there were i have no idea there are where it's just standalone cartoons there are a hundred and ninety are you serious that many a hundred and ninety from um from his original creation in 1927 to 1938. The last one was um, uh, March 14th, 1938. And then just completely disappeared until Al Michaels decided to switch yeah. teams. So only, it... only, however, the first um, first 27, if I'm not mistaken, were the only ones to be touched by Walt Disney. Oh, yeah, because they took him over. Yeah, but he, he, belonged, he, he belonged to Universal Pictures. He only got the first 27 out before leaving. I just found that really interesting. I couldn't I couldn't find a... Um, uh, I was trying to compare how many... Um, how many, uh, like, original cartoons Oswald had compared to Mickey, but I couldn't find any kind of number for how many... Uh, like individual Mickey cartoons there were. Unfortunately. Unfortunate. But anyway, so that is my fact of the week. I thought that was kinda cool. Uh, can I can I actually add to that fact? You can always you? add to that. That's yeah. the whole point of this. To pontificate. I know, I know, I know, because we're we're exactly we're rabbit holing. We're gonna now. pontificate until we punt it. He's <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so Epic Mickey was developed by Junction Point Studios. Uh, this uh, company was actually founded, uh, was co-founded uh, by Warren Spector. Does that name ring a bell to you guys? It does ring a bell, but I just can't. Couldn't I'm tell starting you to salivate. Mm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's, so... it's the ringing of the bell. Sa sal <laughs> salivate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't talk English. Salivate. I can't, I can't okay. talk English. My tan gets toggled and my birds come out backwards. Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> Warren Spector is. Uh, responsible for Deus Ex, as well as like Ultimate Underworld, oh, System okay. Shock, Thief to Dark Project, aka some of the best computer RPGs of all time. Oh, that's so, super cool. And, and in other words, like this game was actually directed by a very competent developer. That that very, makes very a lot of sense because um, I remember um, playing Epic Mickey and seeing all the art for it, and I was like, this is this is surprisingly dark for for yep. a mickey game with for a character that is so known for being so joyous and so uh yeah upbeat and bright it was just a very very um and almost and I, like gothically dark yeah style. So, it was very it was more impressionistic than it was yeah. you know, so, so part of that from what i was reading was um a lot of the disney uh, cartoonists and, and the people involved in the Imagineering felt like Mickey had been watered down throughout the years. Absolutely. Uh -huh. And and the whole point of Epic Mickey was to revitalize and give Mickey back some personality and some he edge and something that, you know, because the, the, if you remember the original ones, you know, he, he was... He did stupid stuff. He was active and all that. And like I said, he, he had just a lot get... of attitude. Yeah, he, he lost a lot, a lot of, of attitude, personality yeah. over the years. And he got watered down. And, and the whole purpose of Epic Mickey, according to what I was reading, was to revitalize the character and, and just kind of, you know, give him that edge that it had lost. Because the literal words that they used in the, in the articles I was reading was that they felt that Mickey had been watered down throughout the years. Yeah. And they wanted to fix that. So bringing him in makes sense now, uh, because they did want to bring somebody in who, yeah. who had that edge, you know. I think I think that is a, a big problem uh, with a lot of commercialized characters. The farther they go, the more generalized they get, and they lose their own um, 
individuality in order to reach further audiences and it you just lose a lot well and and, you know it's funny you say that because again we're we're kind of disney geeks uh, on this side here so i can i can tell you that uh originally mickey had more attitude and originally mickey did dumber things and as the years went by they wanted like you said to make mickey more Mm -hmm. neutral so they transferred more attitude towards donald and donald got more attitude and they transferred the stu- the they transferred the stupidity to into goofy. goofy. Yeah. So all of a sudden, Mickey became very one dimensional, because they had taken those other two things that he used to do and just completely gave them to the other if, two characters. If I remember correctly, it was um, less so to generalize him and more to make him a, a better role model. Right. Because they found out that um, him having an attitude. Was they wanted not more a good kids to watch him, and they wanted parents to feel like oh this is a good role model so they took those uh less desirable aspects of him losing his temper that made him a like relatable character and they they split it into two separate characters um and yeah no i just found that really interesting when when i heard it and then epic mickey was like no we're giving him the attitude back because he needs it uh and i think like i said I, i thought it was a really good move Sass is back. Yeah. yeah. So with that, we're going to punt this one over to you, sir. All the way. Senor Steven. Okay, I suppose. What do you got so, for us? So my little uh, statement is um, Nintendo accidentally creates its biggest rival, Sony PlayStation. Okay. Tell yeah. us more, sir. Tell you more. So what that is... (laughs) Anyway, um, way back in the 90s, I'm talking Super Nintendo era. Um, Nintendo and Sony had actually partnered previously. Um, They basically worked on... or Nintendo hired out Sony to help them kind of upgrade the Super Nintendo a little bit by Mm -hmm. adding a certain kind of sound chip that just really... And the Super Nintendo is known for its amazing sound quality of the time, obviously. Um, so they already had a healthy relationship with that. And one of the big guys behind that was um, Kent Kudaraki um, of Sony. He was, hey guys, gaming's kind of a big deal. It's getting big. We should kind of jump into this. So that prompted a lot more partnerships going forward between Sony and Nintendo to the point where it actually they actually did create a console called mm-hmm. the Nintendo PlayStation. Um, it was Nintendo's little small attempt trying to get into the CD realm because CD was just now starting to become a thing yeah. at that point. Um, it only got as far as the prototype because by, by the Nintendo... Way, the oh, original name was supposed to be Game Player. Yes, that was another original <laughs> name. Several, there's a lot of names. That's but like lame, the, but anyway, the let's continue. Goal, yeah. And the most famous one, obviously, being Nintendo PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. That's better than Game Player. Very weird. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, it turned out, however, that Nintendo was also playing around with Philips. Um, and that, that name should uh, kind of give like a spine tingle when you hear the name Phillips within the gaming community. Um, <laughs> so Nintendo actually ended up sticking with Philips instead of Sony. Uh, Sony ultimately felt pretty betrayed because one, Japanese business, you don't do that. Yeah. Two, two like, hey, that's kind of not cool in general. And they almost just entirely just quit because, like, screw gaming. That was a bad deal. Obviously, the business between the gaming world just not for us. Let me give you a three real quick. Ooh. Nintendo and PlayStation were supposed to announce the collab. And literally the week before they were supposed to announce Mm -hmm. it, Nintendo goes, never mind, we're going with Phillips. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I mean, Sony had... No heads up whatsoever. No, that's terrible. And, and for all you that's what I meant by betrayed. They literally felt betrayed. The yeah. week of, they didn't even tell Sony. They're just like, oh yeah, we forgot to tell you, we're going with Phillips. Which, again, for for those of you, the, the, the younger folks out there, I mean, right now you don't think of Phillips as anything, but Phillips was back in those days. It made sense. Phillips was massive. Phillips you know, put out the TVs from the 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came up with the cassette tape. 
yeah. you guys can Google that up for those of you who are too young to know what a cassette tape is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but in 1963, Phillips actually came up with the cassette tape. They came up with the home video cassette recorder in 1972. So yeah. these were guys who were, I mean, innovative. To come up with an actual cassette recorder for home video was massive, you know? So it, these guys were on top of things. So it wasn't it wasn't that back then it looked like a bad move. It's just like, like you said, they completely betray them. The week before yeah. they were supposed to make their announcement, they're like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, we're going with Phillips. You know? No, it, it's not uncommon for businesses to decide on different, you know, turning down deals and partnering with somebody else, but it was the execution of it all that yeah. played out pretty yeah. poorly. And again, Sony was originally like, we're, we're done. Yeah, we're out of gaming. This sucks. We're not doing this again. But again, back to the boy Ken Kutaragi, he kept pushing it like no guys we gotta stay in this and he actually managed to convince them like what screw it we know what to do now we, yeah what we've done our you know previous projects and partnerships we know how to make a console let's do it and we've have full you know competence or not competence but full you know trust in cd technology to do this and well we already know how that turned out between n64 and playstation yeah and we all know how badly that um backfired to nintendo uh, with the philips cdi which was the kind of the end result of that partnership with Philips creating some of the worst games ever to be public do, ever. Do you know how much the Philips CDI was when it came out? Uh, wasn't it like 700 or something like that? Oh, you're so good. $799 <clears throat> okay, on release in 1991. That is crazy. $799. Go ahead. So, um... Uh, I'm gonna look at the inflation of that real quick. <laughs> do you do you know the uh, so you know the Famicom, right? It's of course it's Japanese NES. Yeah, Famicom. The reason it's called Famicom is because it's a, a shortened version of uh, Family Computer, and Correct. I'm actually taking um, a a Japanese course uh, in college this semester. Because you can. Because I can. I, I, Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> well, I, I have to take a certain amount of credits in order to keep grants. So Of course, of course, of course. Um, and so my, uh, my professor, she's actually um, Japanese. And the reason that it's called the Famicom is because a lot of the words that, um, that the Japanese people take from um, other languages... So you have um, you have hiragana and then you have katakana, um, not including kanji, but those are your two main like, um, almost like their alphabets. And hiragana is for strictly Japanese words. Those are words that they use um, and that they've um, created for themselves. Um, and katakana is what they use for uh, foreign words. So whenever there's words like um, computer or um, like family computer, they like to shorten those words as much as they can. They don't they don't like those long, um, uh, long phrases and long words. So they shorted it to Famicom just because like that's just something that they do. They just shorten those words. Um, I don't think you'll find the word computer on any kind of sign in the streets of Japan because like she's had us look through um through the streets of Japan before for like signs to read out in katakana and hiragana um and all of the times that I've seen that it has like a computer shop or um like photography shop a lot of those words are just shortened and I thought that was really cool I only learned that like recently too so yeah, I also learned that pretty recently, too, from a friend of mine who's also studying Japanese, and he really, like, oh, really? Katakana, just completely, yeah, Tom. Um, so, yeah, you two should geek out over that. Heck yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's phenomenal, kind of like, hey, let's just take these influences from outside and then just kind of, you know, make it towards kind of more colloquial than I, anything. I wish I remembered. They have an actual um, an actual word for that. Like, it's, it's one of their, um, they have, like, five main values in their their culture that they focus on and they teach um there's 
there's one word. Um, You'll never find it. I will never find it. Um, <laughs> You'll never man, find it. That's frustrating. But no, it's um, it's literally the idea and the concept of taking things from other people and making them better in order to fit into their own society. And like, right. you can you can really see it in a lot of the things that they do. They just put so much um, so much effort into their their work and their art and um just everything that they do it's 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 part of their 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 honor and their pride right except when it comes to business transactions apparently well yeah no well nintendo has never been known to do uh the best that's absolutely true speaking speaking of which um so i i got really curious um about prices and how many how many units sold so how how many units of the N64 do you think sold? If I were to give a like ballpark figure? Yeah. N64 probably 10 million maybe? Cuz I know so, it, it technically did not do that well. Starting in speaking. um in 96 and discontinued in 2002, the amount of units sold was 32.9 million. 32.9 damn i'm way off 32.9 million and how many do you think sold of the ps1 the ps1 if i recall was technically cheaper however it was the new dog at the time i'm gonna say a beat in 64 let's say minimal 40 40 million so starting in 1995 Ending in 2006, I didn't realize that they actually were produced that late. Um, uh, 102.4 million. And actually, um, uh, the N64 was cheaper by 100 bucks. The PS1 was 300 um, in its initial release, and the the N64 was 200. So the N64 came out a year later. They undercut the PS1 by. Um, uh, by a hundred bucks and they still sold so much less yep i'm getting my metrics wrong because i was remembering the ps2 was a hundred million units sold and i'm like nothing came close to ps2 that's the, the best-selling console so that's why i'm way off <laughs> that the weird thing that i think or not the weird thing but like the funny thing that i think about um when i think about nintendo is that um, historically they've kind of been seen as just like the family console? I know that um, the the N sixty four, the GameCube, the Wii, uh, the Switch, the we don't mention the Wii U. <laughs> it was a dark time, but um, a lot of times the they've had a lot of like um, family a uh, family games on them, and they've. I think it was hard to find a kid in like the mid 2000s that didn't have a wii it was just kind of like nintendo's always been that uh, did you ever work for uh gamestop for five years okay. i uh so, i was around for two launches so uh, console I, launches. I think i think you will probably agree with me on this i i only worked at gamestop for like uh they, they call me part of the swat team like if it was like yeah I came in to manage the floor for like Black Friday or special days that they knew it was going to be crazy busy. Um, anyway, the I wonder were you a manager? Uh, I was a key holder. Like oh, that. okay, okay. I was yeah, going to say because I did training for like the managers. I did sales training for the managers uh, a couple of years. I was like, I wonder if you were there, uh, and we just didn't know. Uh, Maybe but anyway. Um, it was funny because I felt like everybody had a PlayStation and a Wii, an Xbox and a Wii. And it was like the secondary yeah. system for everybody. You know, like it was kind of like the how everyone had the family computer. Yeah. It's here's the family Wii. It because was. mom mom had investment of it because of let's be honest, the way did like the the Wii marketed. Right. Same thing with the dad, but with you know, everyone loves Wii bowling. Yeah. It's just stuff like that. It just it catered to anybody i was one of the strange people that had that's for gamers 
I was one of the strange people that had the Xbox and the PlayStation, but most people either had the Xbox and the Wii or the PlayStation and the Wii. It was rare the the person that had the Xbox and the PlayStation. So everybody, so many Wiis were out there because it was a secondary one. But look, I I don't want to overlook this because Javier says something that that I did find interesting uh, in the research. Uh, And to your original point, as we, we come all the way back around to the original point of them, uh, basically helping PlayStation. Uh, the issue was that even though the Nintendo 64, by the way, we said the that Philips was $799. The Nintendo 64 came out at 199 bucks. The Sony PlayStation came out at $299, so $100 more. But it didn't matter because in the process of Nintendo having to start over with Philips because they already had everything worked out with PlayStation. They were ready to get out. They were ready to release. When they went with Philips, they had to start over a lot of things. So PlayStation released 18 months before the Nintendo 64. So literally PlayStation had a year and a half of zero competition because yeah, the we've last, already established that yeah, the last system was seven hundred and ninety nine dollars you show up with 299 bucks yeah i mean everybody was all over this and the nintendo didn't come out till a year and a half later so by that time playstation had taken over and that's to add to to, to add to both your points real quick because this was actually the tangent i was going to go on to after you know praising Ken Kutaragi for basically creating PlayStation. Um, because Nintendo was known as that family console. I mean, they've been known as the family console forever. Right. Because they never... I mean, this is way back when Doom and Mortal Kombat was, was becoming the controversy, you know, left and right for violence in video games. Nintendo didn't want any of that. Any port that they had between Doom, Mortal Kombat... I mean, we've all... You all know about the sweat that comes out of the players during yeah. Mortal Kombat when you get punched instead of blood. So... Nintendo was known as that family-friendly market. PlayStation really took advantage of, hey, we're, you're, you're a gamer, you're a young adult, Yeah. here you go. Here is the console for you. You're no longer going to be bottlenecked by Nintendo's, no, we don't want that game, we don't want that game, we don't want that game, because it, it will. Ref- it, it's like the Disney kind of effect. Right, Disney yeah. does not want any IP that can condone any kind of violence, any kind of targeting, anything like that. They don't want any part of that. Nintendo's the same way. It wasn't until GameCube era... 2003 when my personal favorite survival horror game uh eternal darkness and requiem that nintendo finally published a ready damn game so 2000 what three ish 2004 wow. they yeah. finally licensed a red damn game so i think that kind of wins for us because it's always great when there's competition personally i actually kind of love you know different companies competing with each other mm-hmm. to create games because it just means more games for us right yeah, yeah. you kind of logged out of consoles but that still means more games and you know obviously they're competing with each other to make the best games we win in the end that's exactly what happened because if it wasn't for nintendo i guess being a jerk to playstation we would have never have gotten you know metal gear solid we would have never gotten symphony of the night yeah so on and so forth yeah. crash bandicoot spyro the list goes on of playstation classics yeah so. and with that he just mentioned uh solid solid gear metal gear, uh, solid. Metal gear solid sorry again my tank is tungle, birds come out backwards, I can't help it. Um, but with that, I, we're, we're going to move on to the next one, unless you everybody got anything else you want to you throw in there? Um, I was going to say two things. Um, so say one, the first one first. Uh, one, I think that lack of competition is really what um A year and hurt. a half. It's crazy. Really what oh, hurt also, 64. Despite- uh, thank you for reminding me too, sorry, because it will get overblown. PlayStation also had a stupid because again they were known for sound. Yeah. They helped out Nintendo with sound. They mm-hmm. had the PlayStation was accidentally also one of the best media players for music. Yeah, like accidentally, it became a great stereo basically. Right. So sorry, just wanted I had to throw that in. Before oh no, we that's on. good. Um, I'm I'm a huge audiophile, so. Um, yeah, you would have had a PlayStation then. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, um, again, it was affordability. You know, two three hundred dollars versus eight hundred dollar sound yeah. system. So. I, th- I think that, um, again, the competition, uh, the lack of competition really hurt the, the N64, despite it having so many great titles, honestly. And being 100 bucks cheaper. Yeah. Because, <laughs> again, um, uh, 
one of the reasons why um, I think Nintendo has been the family console is because a lot of times they're just cheaper than the other consoles. And even with that, it still struggled. After years of years of producing um, uh, good family games. Anyway, um, the second thing I was going to say is that the Wii actually isn't that far behind the the PS1. So the Wii sold 101.6 million units, which is insane. They discontinued it um, in 2013. I just thought that yep, was... Yep, right when the uh, Wii U came out. Yeah, I, I just think that was a fun metric. Anyway, All right, so, so yeah. before we move on to the next point, I want to I break this up real quick. Uh, because I got both of you here, and I just I just decided to have some fun. I'm going to put both of you in some weird version of Family Feud here. Uh, and by weird version, I say we're going to try to keep score depending on how well we can add. I'm not sure how well we can add. Uh, <laughs> not. But, I am going to cheat. But let's see. I have, yeah, yeah, you can't Google. I have 10. 10. Let's see. Uh, 47,000 people surveyed. As oh to best Nintendo games. So oh, if, like of all time. So, yeah, yeah. So if you guess number one, you get one point because that should be the easiest. If you guess number 10, you get 10 points. So that's why I said it's kind of a, a different version of this. And it, it requires math. I don't know how well I'll be able to add, but who knows. Uh, so so you know what? Since you're on the other side of the screen, I'm, I'm going to let you go first. What, what do you, if you get it, you get to continue. What do you, what do you think is in that top 10? best uh just nintendo across the board or any specific console yeah no it just says the the only question for the forty seven thousand people was best nintendo games well i mean i i already know the probably one of the best ones because of metacritic at least according to metacritic <laughs> uh ocarina ocarina time is definitely on the higher tier oh not is it on not? here it's not top ten. Not on here. Like, and that I'm me saying that I actually I'm not the fan of Ocarina. Oh wait, 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 wait! It is. It is. Oh. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I was about to say. Wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. My bad. My bad. It is number yeah. two on the list. Number two. I, I, I was about I to say. It, like I, my shock wasn't. I, how dare they not put yeah, yeah. Ocarina? So, I'm just so, like I'm thinking so you statistically. Got, you got you got two points. All right, you got two points already. Let's see what else. Two. You got. Yeah, you got two points because because it was number two on the list. Number one is very specific. I'm at least say that, just so you know. It's uh, wait, wait, by specific is it like now and then like? Yeah, I can't tell you. It's just specific. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, Mario sixty four. Mario sixty four is That's on here. Not number one. Super Mario sixty four is number four. You got six points, sir. You got six hmm. points so far. I'm trying to think of what would be, huh? I mean, in my heart, Wind Waker, but um, melee. Uh, hmm. I, I honestly number don't think... nine. Really? So, so, and like, I'm, I'm, so I'm just wondering what, like, where I, I'm already. Because like, I'm trying to think, like, is this like common folk saying, like, yeah, these are the best games, or there is this like a Smash Bros. player? Thousand people surveyed. <laughs> Got it. Okay, yeah, yeah. so the sample so, size is so literally this okay, is not like your. <laughs> Top geekdom, you know. Huh. <laughs> this is everybody. So you got 15... that. That actually surprises me that melee is on there. Then fifteen points. Fifteen points. Let's go. Yeah, that, like that. That melee was honestly an asshole. Well, let's that see. was me. That was me trying. That was me trying to gauge the survey. Mm -hmm. Um, hmm. That was a good one. That's that's like I said. You got a lot of points in that one. That was number nine. I mean, I, I'm gonna say this too because it's. Oh, oh crap! Hold on. Does this even count, though? I okay. Javier, yes. You, I, you haven't looked at the list, have you? No, no, I no. I, I got the phone over here facing me. Perfect, perfect. So I want you. I want Javier. I want you to answer this. Uh oh. Does Resident Evil Four count as a GameCube game because it was technically a GameCube exclusive for a year, and no. then it got ported to the PlayStation? It's, so you wouldn't count that as a GameCube or like it's so, not sorry, a Nintendo but, game. Thank you, thank you. Okay, okay. That's why I'm wondering because like that was technically a GameCube exclusive, making it published by Nintendo, but you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Anyway. 
I don't think that that being I don't think that, that, that being exclusive said, games would count as like as like that, Nintendo games. Like I wouldn't consider because if I'm not mistaken, um, Sony themselves didn't actually work on like Uncharted. No, that was purely Naughty Dog. Oh, Sony yeah. just published. So, yeah. again, like I wouldn't consider that a. Got it. Got right. it. Got so it. You got you're, fifteen you're points. About, Let's see what you got. You're talking, what else? You're, 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 you're talking about developed by Nintendo. You got yeah, two, got four, and nine. Fifteen got points. It. I got some more answers. Anyway, All right, what um, you got? Mm, okay. And... Uh, you, you, your audio. Yeah, we can't hear you. I forgot I had pushed the talk yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna do like a mental flip a coin because I have two games. One is risky, but it is statistically a great game. All right. And one is a more mainstream game. Let's go. I'm a. I'm gonna do a pro gamer move. Uh, Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime might be a little too. Uh, and see, I'm wondering if that's niche. Cut for the versus... It is not there. Yeah, that's. that's... Yeah, see, yeah. Like true, other... true, true Nintendo lovers, uh, and true like Metroid fans, they're like, yes. I'm not, no, is... I'm talking about like, just I hate to say this word, gamers. gamers. <laughs> I'm, just, yeah, I'm just thinking. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm actually trying to think objectively versus subjectively. Yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Right. Metroid Prime is objectively one of the greatest games of all. So time. he's he's got 15 points. Javier, what do you got? Um, I hate Super Mario Bros. Three. Super Mario Bros. 3 is number one on it. the list. I knew it. I knew it. Man, so, so the good that news, was my second game. So the good <laughs> news and the bad news is that Javier's on the board, but because it's number one, he got one point. So you're still winning 15 to 1. <laughs> Did you just debate us with that, sir? No, 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 no. Or is this golf rules? They're, they're worth however points they are on the board. Yeah, because number one's the, the easiest to find. Theoretically, the... the lower ones on the list are harder, are harder. To, yeah because there's so many different variables I, I have a confession i've never watched family feud that, oh, that's okay well, no, i've completely messed up the, the rules so this is the other way around oh okay, this is okay backwards from family feud yeah yeah that sounds about right yeah yeah, yeah exactly angel. we do everything backwards go for it <laughs> um so super. yeah no i i 15 I, to one he's making the comeback I've heard here so many people rant and rave about super mario bros 3 um Oh, what you get? Well, I mean, it is. Probably one oh, of it's Mario it's games. it's a great game. It's it's my it's my favorite two D Mario game. Um, I hate to continue going. Is is that? Are you saying you quit? Two. Tell your final answer. Yes. <laughs> no Metro. No, Metro. Metro Two got screwed because it was released for Game Boy. Like oh, a late yeah. game, late game boy. All right, so fifteen to one. Back to you, Steven. <laughs> I have too many uh, Metroid friends. <laughs> um, I'm gonna throw a ratchet in here and oh. throw a newer game, uh, Breath of the Wild. Number six. Yeah. Look at that. Mm. He's got twenty-one mm. points. Javier, you're gonna have to. Make, he he's got to miss, and you got to come back big. I don't think I can points. make it back Let's at go. this point. Oh, you can. I, you can. So I can. I can get. Um, because he he he's he got, got nine. two, four, six, and nine. Yeah, he's got. So if I get seven, 21. eight, and ten, then I'm good. All right. All right. Go for it. What else you got? That's if you get in. <laughs> um. Hmm. Go on. I'm going to. Excuse me. <laughs> I say, go on, go on. <laughs> like, Come so on already. You're saying it. Hit us with those deep because, cuts, Stephen. Because, 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 because I'm about to say Animal Crossing, but I've got to figure out which one I want to say because there's 40 billion that are all good except like two. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw it out there, and I'm I'm only gonna say this one because of the timing that it came out, and by that I mean COVID. Um, Animal Crossing, the the latest one um, for Nintendo New Switch. Horizon. Thank you, New Horizons. I almost said New Leaf, but that's the 3DS one. New Leaf, and the answer is no. Sucker, it's not even in the top twenty. How? It's not. I even, thought that game blew up. It's not even in the top twenty. So Javier, you still got a chance at this. Let's see what you got. Okay. Um, I believe in see. you. Uh, you can't look stuff up. You got. No, no, no! I'm I'm looking up the name of the game. I'm not looking up games. 
Um, what's the name of the game? Yes. Um, is the because I I I'm. It is. I uh, think you know all these names without even looking them up. Who me? Yeah, both of you. You know what? Um, sleepless. Have you sitting sleep there with one point on the board? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, you kind of have these a uh, weird uh, point system. It's perfect. So if we're talking Nintendo games, we're being wrong. Pays off. Oh, Star Fox sixty four. That's a really good answer. Unfortunately, it's not on there. Really? What? Uh, Javier, can you please agree with me that this survey is bullshit? That <laughs> I don't understand this survey. That's such a like I I'm not even a fan of on rail shooters, but that game's a classic. No, it, it's it. Yep. It's the best 3D one of its time. Not on there. All right, what you got? So why? Two more. Soup. Because I'm a I'm a jump superstar. I'm gonna say uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Well, move here. My phone froze. Really? My phone just done did froze. Hold on. Hold on. So let us pontificate while he is looking let at this. Let us pontificate. Uh, Perfect. So he said uh, that we will it. know all of these without needing to look anything up, which means that we are not going to have a um, any kind of weird Mario Karts. We're not going to have any kind of weird Mario parties um, unless he's specifically just right, going to be one, like... Which one did you say oh, now oh, that oh, I'm oh. back up? Well, hold on. Um, crap. What did I say? Oh, I said Super Mario Odyssey. Also... Again, are these specifically games developed by Nintendo? And what I mean by that, like, technically Pokemon was not developed by Nintendo. That's Game Freak. Super technically. Mario Odyssey? No. What the? F All right, Javier. Javier? Um, I think... This is, this is your last one. You got, you got to pull this one off. Super Mario Sunshine. Give me that. And the answer is... No. That's such a good game. All right, so here, here, here's the, here's the list. You ready? Number one, and by the way, Stephen wins the first ever gamers on the edge, messed up feud. Um, messed up for sure. With, with <laughs> Super Mario Bros. Three, number one, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina on of Time, two. Uh, number three, Super Mario World. Um, my phone done did froze again. Hey, what is wrong with this thing? I'm, I'm gonna make a prediction here and say you're gonna say Super Mario Galaxy. Ooh, see, um, I never played Super mm, Mario Galaxy. The, I so I played a little bit of them, never completed them. To my understanding, they are uh, amazing. So I've heard. I've seen um I've seen some gameplay of it, and it looks interesting. My only problem again is just motion controls. I'm not a huge fan. All right, so but... Super Mario World number three. Mm -hmm. Super Mario 64, number four. <laughs> Link to the Past, number five. That was going to be my next one. Uh, Breath of the Wild, number six. Super Mario Bros. 7. Mario Kart 64, I can't believe you didn't go there. Number eight. Melee, number nine. And in ten... Donkey Kong Country. Don I thought you said Melee wasn't on the list. No, no, you, nine, yeah, you got nine. nine points for Melee. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I remember like it not being on there. No, no, you got nine there points. There was a lot of good games that weren't on there, you, apparently. You won. That's the dumbest list. They didn't even say, like... Well, <laughs> <laughs> screw you. The GoldenEye 007 doesn't list, exist. We're too gamers That's the problem. List. That's the problem. <laughs> Metroid Prime is not on there? Get thank, the hell out of here. Thank you, Ranker. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's your problem. That's your problem. <laughs> that's your problem. <laughs> 47,000 people. Ranker, more like janker. <laughs> Am I right, fellas? Ha, 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 ha. You literally uh, just did, like, the, the off-brand uh, BuzzFeed. All right, so, so, all right, here we go. 
So now, for the Buzz last point. BuzzFeed's already off-brand. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. it's the great value version it of It is them. Javier's uh, the last point today. By the way, if you guys missed this, we are going to put this up on our podcast um, soon. <laughs> I will probably put it on the podcast called Two for One Happy Hour until I actually create the... We're, we're still pontificating. The, the Pontification name. Station podcast. But for now, I'll just drop it on the Two for One Happy Hour uh, podcast. You'll find Javier and I on there. Heck yeah. And now the marvelous Steven has joined the team. So go check it out. Mm. For those of you who missed it, there's some Heck good yeah. stuff at the beginning. Uh, but let's do the last point here. Each one of us brought random facts today. Javier bringing in the last fact of the day is... So the... My my fact kind of like evolved and changed. So my, my, my original fact, I was thinking, you know, this is our first kind of uh, our first test run of this format where we all bring in ideas um, about gaming or facts about gaming. Uh, let, let me pause real quick for anybody listening. As Javier is saying, this is our first one. I want you to understand that our initial fact, uh, I think my wife said it best, is like a diving board. Our initial yeah. fact is where, where we put it out there, this is an interesting fact, and then from there we just dive and everything happens on the way down. So the original fact is kind of interesting, but the real interesting part is what happens on the way down before we hit the water. Yeah. Um, and this was kind of a perfect format for myself because I have absolutely no attention span. So as I got your initial fact, I started mm -hmm. to just Google. I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is interesting. Just kind of went all over the place. The bunny trails are for real. So yeah, go ahead, so go from there. Uh, different directions that we can go with each of these facts yep. so um my my original fact was um that the first um game to use the konami code is actually gradius back in 1985 so gradius um not contra not contra no contra however is the first game that popularized it in um in Western culture. Yeah, before it was Correct. called the Konami Code, actually, a lot of people called it the Contra Code or the 30 Lives Code. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Because um, it made because, the game uh, more possible. Yeah. Um, uh, in, I think, the words that um, I found, like the exact wording, was that it made the game um, able to be feasibly beaten. Uh, right, right. Because this just was the at a time when. In it. Right, right. Because this was at a time where developers still did not know how to make a game that was based on arcade that did, was not designed to eat your quarters because that's why arcade games are stupid hard because money and a lot of any old nes games are yeah. hard as nails because of that same mindset of making hard games instead of long games so it's an art the difficulty made it last longer yeah so the um <laughs> the thing that immediately happened when i uh found this fact was not um oh, what else has um, the Konami code been used in? Because we've all seen uh, the Konami code used in uh, various forms of media. The It was... Wasn't it in Wreck-It Ralph 2? No, not Wreck-It oh. Ralph 2, but like Wreck-It Ralph also. As well, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was. I think it was referenced in that. Yeah. It's referenced almost everything. I, I, I think that was the, like, the big uh, plot point at the end that helped them beat the the boss anyway um so <laughs> we've all seen it um in gta it makes your head big um but oh, and for, for those who don't for those who don't know it's up up down down left right left right b a start and, and on or select by the way one on of my favorite uses of that code in assassin's creed 3 if you walk up to one of the turkeys and you do the code the turkey will actually get an assassin's hood <laughs> that that I love that. I, I love stupidity, and that is right up there. I mean, that is absolutely pointless. There's no absolutely need pointless. for it. Yeah. But yeah, Assassin's Creed Three. If you walk up to one of the turkeys and you do the code, the turkey will all of a sudden have an assassin hood on his head, yep. which is and, and also like almost every Konami-based game, whether it be they published it or developed it themselves, yeah. has some utilization of the Konami code. Yeah. What I found interesting was, again, and I really didn't know much about it, um, was, and Javier kind of touched on it when he said that the game, it made the game beatable, 
Um, I guess it was created because... What, you were going to go there? That's yeah, go ahead, like, go ahead. That, was, that was literally I, where I, I was getting. So what I was yeah. going to say is that as soon as, um, as soon as I found what game it was in um, originally, I was like, why is this created? Like, what, what, what is the point of this? So <laughs> Kazuhisa Hashimoto is the person who actually um, initially created the Konami code. And um, so essentially, as you were touching on earlier games back then like they just didn't know how to um make them easier and more digestible for your your common audience which yeah, is otherwise think, you beat them in 30 minutes i think and, oh, i think that's God, one of I the reasons why on, um yeah. early gamers uh, they were so hardcore about their games just because they had to put so much time and do so much studying in order to actually beat the games and, and um get like <laughs> get it was um, a rich man's game you see yeah so um nice, nice. Again, the reason they beat it is because when they were testing it out and everything, the developers couldn't beat the game. Yep, yep, <laughs> he, I know about this. In yep, 2003, yep. he was in a, um, I can't remember with who, but he was in an interview and he was like, I didn't put enough time into the game and didn't have the skill to beat it. So what happened was they created the code, the Konami code, and it gave them all but like three power-ups and it made the game substantially easier so they so could that actually they, test they, it they could test it the, right, so right. the developers themselves couldn't actually beat their own game yeah. i thought that this, was hysterical. this wasn't for the consumers it was for the boys no, and it, because it was easier to just do that versus having to go to a debug menu every time they wanted to yeah, you know, yeah. and i go guess through it. It, it was like a week or two before release that they realized Oh crap! We didn't take the code out, <laughs> and at that Oops. point, they realized that if they what? took the code out, they were going to have other issues. Yeah, they'd have to recode with the game. bugs and you know reprogramming and everything. And they're like, you know what? Just at this point, just leave it. Nobody will ever find it. Speaking of Wrong. weird files and games. <laughs> speaking of weird files and games, Team Fortress Two. So Team Fortress Two. <laughs> Great game, by the way. I, I um, know. I have spent many of hours in that beautiful game. So they were uh, they were going through and like doing bug fixes and stuff, and they found a if I'm not mistaken, they found a random uh, JPEG of a potato, <laughs> a random JPEG of a potato just in the code, and why they're not? like, "Why is this here?" <laughs> so they took it out, and as soon as they took it out and updated, none of the hats worked. Not a single hat. And they, they they spent so much time trying to figure out why that changed anything. It was a load-bearing potato. In the end, they ended up just putting the JPEG back in because they're like, we, we, we can't figure this out. There's, there's, there's so much code to go through. We don't know why this is affecting it in the way it is. So there's just a random JPEG of a potato in the files for... Um, uh, for Team Fortress 2, and it keeps the hats working. Wow. <laughs> well, it, let me tell you something. Hey, feel free to jump in, but these are some of the rabbit trails that I just went down when we started talking about Konami. I, I just started to look stuff up. Um, I guess this guy also created the Goonies video game, which is basically Mega Man, uh, just for the record. Basically, except Goonies 2, which yeah. turns into a point-and-click adventure game. And then uh, Track and Field, which was one of my favorite games when I was growing up. It just because just I like to push buttons, you know, there was really no other reason. Um, oh, yeah. A master masher. Uh, but as far as Konami is concerned, uh, obviously Metal Gear Solid. I mean, consider best PS1 game ever. I spent so much time on that. It was so oh, yeah. good. Absolutely no, I, loved I, it. Um, I think everyone has gone through a Metal Gear phase but throughout other, their gaming career. Yeah, other interesting things that I found about Konami. Silent Hill. Um, that's my bread and butter well here's the thing that i found interesting about silent hill because it's not my bread and butter it's not down you know my my lane uh but i didn't realize that silent hill was the first survival horror game to not have somebody who was like athletic and trained fighter this was like it it was the best example of an everyman yeah the best example and i that's one of my favorite things about it so like, i thought that was really cool again yeah. you know 
revolutionary as far as Konami is concerned. You know that that really changed things up because right up to oh, that yeah. point, every survival game uh, had people who were trained fighters or, or no, something. No, I mean, well, let's know? let's think of the best example, like the epitome of survival horror: Resident Evil. Mm. You I was are just stars. You are special forces. You're investigating. You know, like it. No, this isn't every man looking for his daughter because of a crash happened and yeah. it's foggy. Yeah, like. Sorry, I love Silent Hill so right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and to your point, like, have you ever seen Harry Mason hold a gun? It's so awkward in that game. It's been by design. Like, the mm -hmm. man moves awkwardly. He does not run. Like, he runs goofily. Every gun he holds is goofy. Swinging a weapon is incredibly slow because he, he doesn't know. Like, he's just reacting to the moment. It's, yeah. Yeah. Like, brilliant. And here's another one again. Uh, and again, for those of you just joining us, this is Rabbit Trail after Rabbit Trail. Perfect for my... Uh, attention span uh, rambling boy did I go down a rabbit trail on this I was looking at Konami games and I found Qbert and then from that, there he's always cussing at me well here's the thing about that so uh, the, I, I, I start I was like where did in the world did those things come from and I guess they're called uh, Grawlix those symbols are called Grawlix and they were actually first used in 1901 uh, in a comic, a uh, newspaper comic by Lady Bountiful. Uh, so this this goes like way, way back to 1901 where the Grawlix started to be used. Uh, they were actually popularized by Beetle Bailey comics in like the 1950s. I think it was like 1955. But Cubert was a really weird one because I, I, I can't remember which one of you mentioned that uh, at the time, oh, it was you, Stephen. Uh, you mentioned that at the time, people didn't know how to make games that didn't eat quarters. You know, right. how to right. make, no, or rather, a design philosophy of like this guy, the trial and error. You have to keep <laughs> so, trying, keep trying, keep so trying. Yeah, this is this is a little creepy, a little cool, all at the same time. Uh, the guy who made Cubert mm -hmm. uh, went to a Brunswick uh, bowling alley put in the game under the actual instead of putting cuber he actually had the symbols as the name of the game yeah and then sat behind a one-way mirror and watched people play for days <laughs> to see to see what their reaction was and and how they reacted to the game and how they did so it, it was like this weird uh, kind of creepy thing where he was just watching people because he didn't tell anybody, you know. Obviously, the bowling alley knew because uh, he right, had right. the one-way mirror. Um, and then he ended up going, "No, this this game's too difficult." And like he the made thing that it. Doesn't know, had no idea either. Yeah, he made the game easier after seeing people get mad at the game and walk off and storm off. Like, and again, because Cuber has such weird controls. Yeah. Because it was it was completely different control. Uh, pattern than any other game at the time. Oh, you know, incredibly goofy, isometric puzzles often game. Yeah. Where so, you have to keep moving. Yeah. So I just thought it was funny because he actually put it out for people to play and then hid behind a one mirror and went, this game's too hard. And yeah. then he, he toned it back down after watching people get frustrated and walk away from it at the, at the bowling alley. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very interesting way to get a sample group. Right? Just, I'm not telling anyone. I'm just going to put this at the bowling alley and just watch from behind the mirror. And again, that re that just reminds me of uh, Stephen King and his um, habit of people watching in order to get material. Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you, this is, again, pointless. But I'll pointless close with this one. I was working in Sarasota. Um selling shoes expensive shoes they're like yeah. cheapest pair of shoes i had was a pair of sandals for 250 dollars and uh Damn birkenstocks. i'm working with this lady uh oh, they were mephistos birkenstocks we, we didn't sell birkenstocks they were cheap uh oh excuse me <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm working with this lady and this dude walks in he's got a weird limp he sits down next to us and i say can i help you and he goes i'm just watching which was really weird terminology immediately red flag yeah just watching what in the world it's like seven o'clock at night you know that would not fly and, and again standards. sarasota it was kind of the, the mall was empty it's just i'm just watching and then the lady's like freaking out like i should know who this guy is and i i sort of you know it's like a face that i've seen before but not enough to recognize yeah. who it is 
anyway, so I keep working with her. A half hour later, he just sat there for a half hour. Half hour later, I finish, and he goes, thank you, and he leaves. And again, this is when she finally says something. It was Stephen King. So Stephen King came into the shop and was just watching us. Uh, I found out from security that he does that on the regular over in Sarasota. He'll go to the food court and just watch people. Uh, so that's been the, the joke for the longest time in the family. Uh, Lori, my wife's dad, said that if, if he ever writes a book about a crazy salesperson, then we know who inspired it. It's about shoes that eat people's feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just some crazy salesperson. It was me. It was me. But uh, yeah, it was. It was funny. Writers. I guess he had just gotten. He had just had a, a car accident. That's why he was limping. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So it was after the car accident. He was starting to kind of get back out. And uh, but yeah, yeah. So if you ever want to catch him, you can randomly catch him in the Sarasota Square Mall. He goes out there and just watches people. It's kind of weird. But I asked security. I was like, what is this? He's like, yeah, he does that all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, if it creates a new, another good book, by all means. Yep. And with that, I think yeah. that covers it for today. Uh, we don't have an outro song, so we'll just sing it. La, la, la. La, la, la. Take it away. La, la, la. <laughs> that was beautiful, guys. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us again. This is Pontification Station, at least for now, until we change the name, which we might, we might not. Who knows? If you got suggestions, throw them at us. We'll take we'll take suggestions. Uh, just keep in mind that the reason for Pontification Station right now is because we can pretty much go anywhere yeah. with any kind of format. Because more than likely next Tuesday, we might try a completely different format just because we can. Who right, cares? Guys? No rules. Again, no this is Pontification do. Station uh, brought to you by Gamers on the Edge. Heck yeah. Check us out, gamersontheedge.com. Check us out on Twitter. We're Gamers on the Edge everywhere, except for Instagram for some reason. We are GOTE for the kids. And for those of you who don't know, we do fundraising for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Over $100,000 since we started doing this. It's been an amazing journey because the gaming community is an amazing community. And with that, guys, we shall see you next week. Uh, catch us on the Twitch channel, GOTE.TV in a browser, or Twitch, just go to Gamers on the Edge. That's us, if you're listening to us on the podcast. And again, thank you so much. We shall see you around. Until next time. Do it. Making a difference. See ya. Stay beautiful. <laughs>